Hi, you're tuning in to Rusty Thomas, where once a week he brings the brilliance of scripture to every dynamic of life. For the last 40 years, Rusty has served the Lord as a father, minister, and political figure on the streets, churches, and capitals in our nation and abroad. You are going to hear compelling truths that will prayerfully build up your faith and equip you to meet the challenges of life with the confidence of God's Word. This is Kingdom Moments with my father, Rusty Thomas. Well, howdy, folks. Here with another episode with Kingdom Moments with Rusty Thomas. I pray you're having a blessed new year in God's kingdom, and I just want to welcome you uh, to this podcast. God's grace and peace be unto you, brethren. So the Lord's timing is always impeccable. Oh, by the way, I do need to apologize for the quality of sound when it comes to the podcast now. We're in our new home. Uh, we don't have everything straightened out Yes, I don't have curtains or rugs or things to muffle uh, the sound. So sorry about that, folks, but it is what it is, and we're pressing on and working through it in Jesus' name. So anyway, the timing of the Lord's kind of an impeccable. Um, one of our desires of moving to Florida, one of the things that I promised our family if we moved here was we're going to uh, get a puppy and get a dog. Um, we love dogs, um, and uh, we've gone through a few of them. And um, anyway, uh, as the Lord would see fit, um, the topic that I want to share on today um, is called Sheepdog, and kind of Sheepdog as it pertains to the Church of Jesus Christ. And lo and behold, uh, the puppy that we're about to receive just happens to be an Australian Sheepdog. So I thought the timing of this and, you know, the the topic that was, you know, placed upon my heart to cover was a, a Sheepdog, because uh, I had a uh, come across uh, this this uh, picture uh, on Facebook, and it, it was entitled uh, Sheepdog, and uh, it just really caught my attention, and as I read through the story, uh, it just hit the mark, just hit the heart of, uh, of the matter, and kind of wanted to share uh, the story with you just to encourage your walk. Um, in the Lord, and really kind of discuss, you know, generally like God's relationship uh, with the animal world. Uh, we know biblically, um, obviously, the Lord uh, created uh, animals, um, and in that creation, when he looked upon them, uh, just like everything else, uh, it was good. It was very good. And we know that the Lord uh, cares uh, for the animal world, uh, just like he does the human race. Um, you know, he, he feeds them. Uh, he, he, he provides for them. He, he, he's aware, you know, where when a sparrow falls to the ground. And um, we know that um, he even 
uh, warns humanity uh, not to treat the animal world uh, with cruelty. Now, he has given us dominion over the animal world, um, and mankind has gone about uh, taming the animal world. And, and to this day, even in the fall, you know, the animal world does kind of fear mankind. Um, and so there is that relationship between God, man, and animals. And it's very interesting how the Lord used the animal world uh, to teach us even some truths uh, about uh, his scriptures, about his revelation. And, um, you know, there's times where he actually uh, used uh, animals and their traits uh, to teach us something about his kingdom and how we're to minister and what qualities and traits we should use uh, in our attempts to advance his kingdom in the world. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> you think about where he talks about, you know, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves, right? Um, so he's comparing Christians, his church, to sheep. And then, of course, he's comparing the elements of the world, both human and demonic, you know, as wolves. Well, you look at those odds, you know, a lamb going up against a wolf. You're like, you know, the wolf pretty much is going to win that battle, you know, 100% of the time. But in the midst of God saying that to us, he also tells us we need to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. And through the wisdom, you know, of God compared to the serpent, you know, and the innocency of the dove, in other words, you know, pure uh, in our heart, pure in our motive uh, to minister and advance the kingdom of God, that somehow through that, the lamb is going to overcome the wolf. Um, and we see that also like in the book of Revelations, right, where it talks about the world, you know, arrayed against the Lord, against, against the Lamb. It said, you know, many shall war against the Lamb, but the Lamb will conquer them. And, and again, you know, we have uh, in the book of Proverbs, you know, looking to the animal world and even the insect world where the Lord uses uh, these, you know, animal example, insect example, examples to teach us, you know, some things about the Lord, about wisdom, and how we're to live our lives in this world. Like, so the Bible says, go to the ant, thou sluggard, right? If you're struggling with laziness, if you're struggling with being a sloth, a sluggard, well, God calls your attention, you know, to observe the ant. Um, they're, they're a hardy insect. They work hard, right? They're organized, uh, you know, and we can learn some lessons. And even the pagan world, uh, has learned so much, you know, from the animal kingdom and the insect kingdom. I mean, you go over to Asia and you, you study martial arts there 
you know, some of their styles are based upon observing how animals fight, how insects fight, uh, and they adopt that uh, and come up with different martial arts styles. So, you know, there is this relationship clearly about God, uh, man, and animals. And so there was a, a movie, um, it was directed by uh, Clint Eastwood, uh, it's called uh, The American Sniper. So once I saw this um, this picture about the sheepdog and and the story of the sheepdog, I this movie immediately came to mind because there's a there's a scene in it where um, Kyle um, he, uh, I forget his last name, but. He's like the most decorated sniper in American history. But when he was a young lad, when he was, a, you know, a boy, uh, there's a scene where his dad, uh, they're at sitting around a meal at supper time, and the dad just challenges his sons that there are three types of people in the world, sheep, wolves, and sheepdogs. And what the dad was encouraging his sons is, you know, lambs, you know, get devoured by wolves. And so there's a desperate need uh, for the calling of a sheepdog because the sheepdog seeks to protect the lamb from the wolf. And so this is how this dad is raising his sons. And, um, and I could remember, you know, raising my own sons, you know, one of the things that I always challenged them was to befriend the, the weak, the helpless, the outcast, the awkward person, the one that doesn't fit in, the one that is not a part of the elite, you know, cliques uh, in life. They're, they're disadvantaged. You know, I encouraged my sons to seek these people out uh, to befriend them and always uh, to protect them from the bullies uh, in life. You know, I, I, I raised my sons with that kind of uh, Christian ethic. And it's so, it's so important, uh, brothers and sisters. We know this is a, a harsh and difficult life. We know the devil himself is the greatest bully of all, right? And, you, you know, you open the door and inch, he's going to take a mile, right? He's going to exploit our sins and he's going to grind our, our face in it and, um, you know, use it to control us, to condemn us, you know, uh, to, you know, even believe that, uh, you know, somehow God is not able uh, to intervene. He's not able to touch us, to change us, uh, to set us free from those besetting sins. And it's just a lie, brothers and sisters. And, and so, you know, I came across this story about the, the sheepdog. And I thought, man, this, is, this really should resonate with Christians, this should resonate with the Church of Jesus Christ, and I, and I do want to dedicate this to the brethren that I personally know that live out 
of this ethic uh, of the sheepdog, this ministry of the sheepdog. And so the person um, is describing this picture. And let me, uh, you know, obviously this is uh, audio. Uh, I don't have the picture, but I, I'm going to see if I, yeah, I'll put the picture uh, in uh, this broadcast uh, as, as part of one of the helps of the broadcast. But you have this beautiful dog. It's a sheep dog. And he is on all fours. He's looking up. And he is just barking his head off. It, and it's a snowy um, a background uh, setting. And he's barking for all he is worth. And then there's a little lamb. It's just, you know, this helpless little lamb. And this lamb is collapsed in the snow. And, and not far away, there are the vultures gathering. They know that this lamb is weak, um, this lamb is helpless, and uh, is it, just waiting for the dog uh, to give up its barking, you know, and just go away so it can finish off the lamb and devour it. Well, there doesn't seem to be any let up uh, in this dog. Um, this dog is aware that this lamb is in a, you know, a very difficult situation. And if this dog doesn't remain faithful, barking, all right, and not just to bark into the air, you know, just to bark, just to bark. I mean, this sheep dog is barking to get the attention of the shepherd, the shepherd of the sheep. Okay, and we know, you know, uh, in Ezekiel chapter 34, when uh, the Lord confronts the shepherds of Israel in their massive failure of feeding themselves and not the flock, you know, not strengthening the weak, not, you know, caring uh, for those who are wounded and binding up their wounds and going after the lost and those that have gone astray, you know, to bring them back under the safety of the flock. I mean, the Lord is rebuking the shepherds of Israel, and it's a terrible situation uh, because the shepherds are not doing their duty before God uh, to care for his flock. And so the flock is being scattered. You know, the flock is in a vulnerable position. I mean, the flock is pretty much like this lamb. Okay, but you've got this one faithful sheepdog that's barking, you know, for the shepherd. And so in Ezekiel chapter 34, God says, okay, uh, since the, the, the human shepherds have failed, uh, I myself will become the shepherd of the sheep, okay? And we know, ultimately, Ezekiel is prophesying and predicting the coming of the Lord, who is our great shepherd and the bishop of our souls, um, you know? And we see this theme of God 
uh, being a shepherd and, you know, we are the flock of his pasture, right? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. And of course, all this references of the shepherd and the flock and the lamb and the sheep, you know, points to Jesus Christ, you know, the great shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep and his sheep hears his voice. Amen. And and so, you know, here's this, this dog that's just barking, you know, for the great uh, shepherd to say, hey, you know, there, there's some lamb here. There's a lamb here. There, there's some sheep here. Uh, they're in danger. Uh, you know, the enemy is gathering, you know, this line that goes about seeking, you know, whom it may devour, right? And, and so this dog is barking, you know, for the great shepherd to, to alert him. You know, like this lamb needs your aid. This lamb, you know, needs your help, right? And so this dog is just doing what a faithful dog will do, right? It will bark. And it's interesting. Um, I believe it's in Isaiah where Isaiah is confronting the ministry of his day. Again, the pastors, the, the priests, the prophets of his day. And he calls them dumb dogs that do not bark, right? Dumb dogs who do not bark. And, and, and in other words, they're not fulfilling their, their duty, right? Like the sheepdog who, who, who sees the plight of the people. You know, like remember Jesus, you know, he, he, would, he would go out of his way. He would put us in, himself in a position to observe mankind. And there's this one point, I believe it's in the book of Mark, where he is observing the people that were being harassed, that were being tormented, right? And it said he, he looked at them as, as sheep without a shepherd, and he was moved with compassion, you know, to shepherd his people. Well, in, in Isaiah's day, they're not doing that. So when the master is being attacked, all right, there's, there's no response of apologetics uh, defending the master and defending the faith, right? There, there's, there's no, hey, you know, there, there's, no, there's no jealousy, you know, for the Lord our God, right? So when, when the master's being attacked, when the Christian faith is being attacked, right, these dogs will not bark. And they will not bark when the master's creation is under attack either. I mean, we see this so clearly, like in the, the abortion holocaust of the United States. Here's, here's precious little children made in the image of God being led to the slaughter and the church and pastors are viewing this as some kind of political, social issue. And they're not barking when God's creation is being targeted for destruction, right? So there's a huge failure. You know, uh, there's, there's many times where the prophets, you know, rebuke the ministry of the dead. You, you treat the wound of my people, 
as though it was a slight thing, right? And it's not. You know, our nation is hemorrhaging. We're, we're shedding innocent blood, and it's bringing God's judgment upon the land. Why? Because who's, who's barking? You know, who, who's being faithful like this sheepdog? And to bark, right? And, and to call out, to pray, to intercede, to intervene on the behalf of these lambs that are that are being led astray, uh, where the vultures are gathering and the wolves are gathering to devour them. And so it comes to this story uh, of the sheepdog. And so that's the picture. And so uh, this this person who, who posted this picture said, when I was growing up, uh, this picture hung on my grandmother's wall. I remember studying it as a child, absorbing the story that it tells. And, and we know, brothers and sisters, the Lord uh, used uh, at his disposal many times stories, right? He He was the the ultimate storyteller, and he would use parables and, you know, wise sayings um, to to bring illumination, to bring revelation, to to teach the folks, right? And so, here's this person remembering this picture and absorbing the story. So you have obviously the helpless lamb, and you have the faithful shepherd dog calling for help okay and again you know what is this help that this sheepdog is calling for he's praying or you know in a sense it's like praying a calling out you know to the great shepherd the bishop of our souls here's some precious souls lord uh they're they're in danger they're 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 being devoured they need your aid. They need your help. Oh, God, please listen to me. Please look upon their plight. Please, God, show compassion. Pity them, Father, and, you know, intervene and, and save them. And so then you have the vultures in the background. And of course, they're just waiting for the dog to give up and trot away to the warmth of home. Boy, that's an issue. Uh, that's an issue. Because if the sheepdog is more concerned about its own comfort and ease, uh, obviously it's not going to have the wherewithal to withstand the harshness of the situation. you got to remember this um, in the setting, it's out in the snow. It's cold and cold is stinging. Okay, it, it will it will chill you to the bone, right? And but the sheepdog is not so much concerned about its own welfare, its own comfort. It just knows that this lamb is in a helpless state, and if I don't stay here and stay faithful to bark, and I'm more concerned about my warmth and welfare, well, this lamb. Is going to perish. And so, no, uh, I'm not going to give up. Uh, I'm going to stand here 
and I'm going to bark until the shepherd comes. And so, but here's the, you know, okay, so the, the story goes on to say, um, one day, uh, as I was cleaning out a closet, I came across that very picture. I had forgotten that I had had it. I studied it again, and all the same feelings washed over me, but now even more. So apparently, uh, you know, again, I don't know if the person was saved as a child and absorbed this story and administered to them. Um, and, and then, of course, putting it away, forgetting about it, coming across it again. And so, you know, perhaps at this point, uh, either the person was saved and, you know, grew in its maturity uh, of God's scripture and, and God's truth. But anyway, comes across it again and studies it again. And then that old familiar feeling washed over them. But, you know, when it was first impacted by the, the picture, uh, but now even more so. And so this person says, this dog has only limited ability to help the lamb himself. And, and, and I, I get this. I, I have been in the ministry since like 1982. Like that's, that's a lot of years. And I have seen such helplessness, such hopelessness. I've seen such death. I've seen sick. I've seen divorce. I've seen addictions. I've seen like the enemy have his claws so deep into people's flesh, you know, leading them to ruination and to seeing people just lie there in it, get pummeled and have no will to live, like no will to get up. And and honestly, brothers and sisters, it, it, it makes you feel um, helpless. It makes you feel hopeless. You, you see the need, right? You see the need. You see the situation, right? And you're human. And, and you, you do have the love of God shed abroad in your, in your heart by the Holy Spirit. Um, and you understand compassion, right? Because true compassion means to suffer with, right? To suffer with. It's to get down there. Like the parable of the Good Samaritan. Uh, if you recall that incredible teaching of our Lord, um, he was answering the question, uh, what did it look like to love our neighbor? And he gives this incredible parable uh, about uh, an unfortunate man uh, who gets jumped. He's beating, uh, he's beaten, uh, he's robbed, and he's cast to the side of the road in a ditch. And, uh, and of course, you had the, uh, the Levite and you had the priest, you know, walking by. And God knows, you know, uh, how busy their lives were and appointments that they had. And, uh, you know, and you see, see the situation, right? 
um, but obviously not moved with enough compassion to intervene to help the man. And of course, comes along this despised Samaritan, and it's so interesting how the Lord, you know, used that example uh, time and time and again, you know, to convict the Jewish people about kingdom truths that he was teaching them, right? And so anyway, you, you do have this uh, Samaritan uh, despised of the Jew uh, who sees what you know, the others saw, but he's he's cut from a different cloth, right? He he looks on the situation, and I'm sure, you know, he had his own appointments. I'm sure he was busy, um, but he stops. He observes. He uh, discerns the situation, and he he gets down there, right? He he goes to the side of the ditch, and at personal risk. And at personal cost, um, he takes care of this unfortunate fellow uh, who got jumped and robbed and left for dead. And and he cares for them, right? He cares for this person. And so, you know, these are obviously uh, the teachings of our Lord and of the scriptures. And um, this person, you know, is recalling some of these truths and um and comes to the re realization that um, they appreciate it even more now as they're older mature christians and so they they do come to this understanding you know that the dog in and of itself you know has only a limited ability to help this lamb but he is trusting in the shepherd, right? And so this person is saying, hey, you know, we, as the church of Jesus Christ, we are to be like that shepherd dog, right? Because we are, you know, called. Uh, I, I remember when I, I went to Scotland um, for some personal reasons with my family and also eventually turned into some wonderful opportunities so doing some missionary work over in the area but you know I, I went to uh, the island of Iona and um, there's still an active church there on that island and this island has more Christian kings buried there than any other island or plot of land on the face of the earth. And it has this active church there that all Christians can use. And it's about 1,200 years old. It's an amazing architectural wonder, you know, on this small island off the coast of Scotland. And that's the island where Columba landed and used that as the launching site to invade Scotland with the gospel of the kingdom. It's got a very rich history there. So anyway, we, uh, my, my daughter and I, my oldest, Shekinah, we went and kind of, you know, took a tour of the church. And at one point, you know, we were brought downstairs 
where all the archaeological finds are, and it's very interesting. A lot of lot of historical relics and you know things of this nature. And I noticed there were two um, casket lids uh, lined up uh, against each other, and it had a picture of a bishop of the church, you know, and the whole religious garb and things of that nature, and it had a shepherd's crook uh, in his hand. Uh, on one side, the, 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 the shepherd's staff was turned inside, and on the other lid, it was turned outside, and I thought that was kind of curious. So I asked the tour guide, like, what meaneth this? Why, you know, one, one lid is the pointed in and why and the other lid is it pointed out and he said well you're a very observant young man and he goes on to uh to teach the the gathering there the tour that when the bishop holds the staff inside um its duty its responsibility is to love care and protect the flock of God, to take care of the lambs of the Lord, to disciple them, to mentor them, uh, to build them up in their most holy faith, to equip them to do the work of the ministry. And he was kind of encouraging Christians, this is still our duty today, right? And then he addressed the staff pointed outward. And there he says, that is the Lord's commission upon the church to advance the gospel of the kingdom uh, in the earth uh, to fulfill the great commission, which is to disciple the nations, uh, to make sure, you know, that they keep the commandments of God, you know, in the earth and, you know, you know, to be salt and to be light. And, and so, you know, when it comes to this picture you know, of the sheepdog, you know, who's barking to get the attention of the shepherd. Yeah, we are somewhat limited as human beings what we can do, but we as the church are to be like that, that shepherd dog. We are commissioned to guard and protect helpless and endangered souls. And he finishes, you know, as we do, we call upon the shepherd to come and complete the rescue because he's the only one who can do it. See, like we can have great intentions, we could have great motives, and we could have great desires where we want God's best for people. And I think that should be the heart of Christians, the heart of the church. Amen. But we are somewhat limited in what we can do to bring about the needed and necessary change. And this is also true, brothers and sisters, when it comes to the raising and rearing of our own children. Like, we do have a responsibility uh, to train them up in the way they should go, right? We are to instruct them um, in the in the truths and the teaching of Scripture. We, we are to teach them God's Word right? We are to train them in righteousness. They are to know what is good and what is evil, you know, what pleases the Lord and what doesn't. 
you know, uh, and, and we are to faithfully minister the gospel of the kingdom to our own children. But, you know, we could teach them till we're blue in the face. They are still, you know, dealing with original sin. They're still dealing with a sinful nature, right? They're still dealing with being covenant rebels, you know, lost, groping in the darkness, right? Um, they're, you know, they're, they're struggling uh, with their own sinful nature as we're ministering the Word of God. And so really our duty as parents are twofold, right? We've got to be faithful uh, to teach them God's Word. But we also desperately need to pray for their souls. We've got to be like that sheepdog that's barking on their behalf, right? Just praying for that time, that day where the Holy Spirit visits our children and confirms to them and affirms to them the teaching that we have given to them from God's Word. In other words, where Heavenly Father comes along and says, hey, what your earthly dad and mom taught you, it's absolutely true. And I am here by the power of my Spirit to confirm that to your soul, to affirm that in your life. And obviously, when that takes place, the penny drops. And then they, by God's grace, you know, come to the saving grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Well, that's not just true when it comes to, you know, rearing our own children. That's also true when it comes to the ministry of the church of Jesus Christ in our world. And so he concludes this uh, with this statement. And when he comes, speaking of the great shepherd, he takes the lamb on his shoulders and says to his friends, rejoice with me because I have found my sheep that was lost. And we will be there, speaking of the church, rejoicing with him. This, my friends, is real, true Christianity when it is walked out in faithfulness. It is a beautiful thing. Uh, and indeed, uh, it truly, truly is. So, brothers and sisters, we're coming to the conclusion of this podcast. And I, I pray, Lord, uh, that this, um, this story, this example... Uh, blesses you, uh, it encourages you, it builds you up in your most holy faith. And obviously, this is a good narrative, a good story, a good example for us to follow in our walk with God as we're seeking to love Him, uh, to please Him, to obey Him, uh, to faithfully walk with Him and to love him and to love our neighbor as ourselves. So brothers and sisters, become that faithful sheepdog, and you bark, and you pray, and you minister, and you serve until the shepherd comes and does and completes the rescue. Amen. Well, God bless you, saints, and as usual, 
This is Rusty Thomas encouraging you to keep pressing on to that high call and prize in Jesus' name. God bless you, saints. Till next time.